0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. I am happy to report that all of the home construction things have come to a close and we are off to great momentum, so I can confidently say that I'll be able to produce episodes weekly from here on out. So I'm sorry about last week, and I hope y'all had a great Friendsgiving, a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate that. Now, I did say the week prior that I would release an episode talking about the holidays and family, and so I'm going to spend part of this episode doing just that, and then I'm going to spend another part of the episode talking about roller coasters, endurance, and offering some reflection questions as you can go off on your journey. I also have one listener Q&A or question that I'm going to answer today, so stay tuned for all of that. Okay, so holidays, holidays and family. Such a heavy topic if you do celebrate the holidays and you have a broken household or you don't have family or maybe the relationships in the family that you do have are just not quite what you'd want them to be. With all the people that I work with there are some individuals who are alone for the holiday Some individuals who are going through a breakup during this holiday season Some folks that have that black sheep persona in the family. So feeling like they don't fit in or they're not accepted And the holidays can be a really heavy time for people in recovery so for the rest of the holiday season, which today is December 3rd, many people have the holiday season ends sometime in the beginning of January, I'd say, right? Not true for all, but for many, so we'll speak in general terms there. And so for the rest of the holiday season, the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to redefine what the holidays mean to you. Remember that you are trying to become someone different in recovery. The holidays don't have to be you sitting around at a table with a bunch of people who you feel in your head you can't connect with and feeling like a black sheep. The holidays don't have to be you sitting at home alone, crying, wishing that you had a different life. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be that way right now because you might be stuck between the person you were And the person you want to become. And that's okay. But what I want you to do is start to redefine what a holiday is. I mean, when we're born into families as kids, or even if we're born without families, we're born into a space where adults are caring for us and they define the holidays for us. So that's been given to us. But like we've talked about in previous episodes, we all have the same right to choice. So, as we get older and we grow into adulthood, we can choose what the holidays are all about. So if the holidays were always about stress and drama and guilt and shame and, you know, how many gifts you're going to get for your kid or you not being able to get gifts or what have you, I want you to think about whether or not gifts, whether or not collect connection, whether or not all of those quote unquote traditional um, holiday behaviors are things that you want as a part of your holiday. When I was young, holidays were about lots of gifts, piles of gifts of things that weren't really all that meaningful, if I'm being honest. And when I first had my son, I would think that holidays were about that too. Getting him lots of stuff that he didn't even care about and then having to go to family's house and having to tolerate being uncomfortable, feeling like the oddball out, feeling that I had to do a lot of things out of guilt and shame. And really, I didn't like the holidays. Thanksgiving I would fight against because it was about food and I had an eating disorder. And, you know, Christmas was also something that was lonely because I didn't have anybody to spend any time with. But even before I met Jay, I started to realize that the holidays can be whatever I want them to be. And I now we have our own traditions. Back then, when I was single, I was sad. So it was hard for me to be single during the holiday season, even having a child. So what I did was focus my efforts and my energy in building the this wonderful holiday. We celebrate Christmas. So building this holiday time that was for me, for my son. And when he would go to his dad's house for the holidays, what I would do on those years, what I would do is I would come up with something that made me feel comforting. So I would usually share with myself a wonderful delicious snack that's holiday based, maybe some Christmas cookies, or I would make myself a small ham and some mashed potatoes. And I would sit in front of the uh, TV and I would watch a movie that made me feel comforted during that time, a big blanket. And that's what I would do because to me, the holidays were about comfort. The holidays were about being cozy. And if people weren't going to make the holidays cozy for me, I was gonna do that. I was gonna define that and build that for myself. And now as I've you know gotten older and Jay and I are together and LJ's with us as a family, we have our own traditions. Growing up, I never had a fake tree. I never had a real Christmas tree. I always had a fake tree. We go and we cut down our own tree. Um so little things like that uh, that we can do that I've learned how to do to redefine my holiday. So if you're alone, what can you do to bring the feeling of a holiday to you? Remember, we can all get stuck in the I don't wanna. But getting stuck in the I don't wanna means missing out on what we do have and what we can do for the holiday season. This holiday on Thanksgiving, I was upset because I had had this really rough time with the home renovation stuff. And I can't really even share any of that with my family because I'm not connected with them. The odds that they listen to this podcast are really low. So I can say that it was sad because I do want to have somebody to send pictures of the the house to the renovation to, or I do want to be able to you know, call my family and say, happy Thanksgiving. But that's just not something that, you know, it's just not something that is, I can do anymore. I don't have that same connection with my brothers. I have two brothers and I don't have that same connection with them and they don't really take an interest in me and that's okay. So I had a feeling of sadness that, gosh, you know, I don't really have that. And I really, sometimes I do miss it because in my mind and growing up, we, you know, it's an Italian culture for me. So I had this idea of this big family and we were all going to connect. But unfortunately, there's a lot of drama, a lot of gossip, a lot of, if you don't meet my expectations, I'm not going to accept you for who you are um, in my family. So it's sad, but After allowing myself to feel feelings and I validated myself because it is sad, I moved forward and I spent the holiday weekend with Jay's family. We we hung out together and they have become my family and interestingly enough. I was able to practice on, practice gratitude and really have that message driven home to me because there were some members of Jay's family who missed members of their family. So we got to talk about how we can be grateful for what we have instead of really thinking about what we don't have. So hopefully that helps in terms of setting the scene for you to have a good holiday month this month. The holidays are about what you make it. Okay. Okay. Um, Now, that aside, what do you do when you have to spend time with people on the holiday season, during the holiday season, that you don't necessarily connect with, but you feel obligated to spend time with? Well, first of all, it's important for you to understand that the way that you interact with other people, especially people that have known you for long periods of time, it determines the way that they respond to you or react to you. So let's say last year you were the black sheep. And you went to the holidays and it's kind of weird, you're sitting alone, you don't have anything to talk about, maybe it can be read all over your face, and then your family will respond or your loved ones will respond to that, the way that you are reacting or responding to them. Think about whether or not your behavior during these holiday events contributes to the way that the people you're in relationship with interact with you. If I wear my black sheep hat at a family event, I'm going to be treated as such because it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. But if I go into the home of my family and I put on the hat of the person I'm becoming, I can spend time with the, these people in this persona of being someone who is accepting, who is humble who is loving, and who understands that the people in my family are not capable of giving me all of the things that I would really love for them to give me. If we take my family example, and I lived in the same state as them or in that vicinity, and I was going for the holidays, I would put on the hat of, I cannot expect them to ask about my life, listen to my podcast, take an interest in what I'm doing, take an interest in my family, because that is not part of it. That's not who they are. They will want to know why I haven't been there, why I haven't called, why I haven't, et cetera, et cetera, and sort of be critical and gossipy. And so what I need to do is take off my black sheet hat, cheap hat, excuse me, put on the persona of someone who is unconditionally loving, accepting, use humor, answer questions honestly, speak less, listen more. And I also need to make sure that there is an end time to how long I'm there for. When I did, when we did live in Pennsylvania closer to family, we would make sure, Jay and I, that we w- we only spent enough time at the family space in the space with the family that it wouldn't be overwhelming, basically, right? So an hour would be the time limit, or two hours would be the time limit. It was very helpful for me to have a start and an end point. In addition, and I've said this in previous episodes for last holiday season, it's important that you make a list of all the things that your family is capable of and what they aren't capable of. And if your expectations exceed their capability, know that it's going to be very hard to be the person you're becoming while also expecting them to be better versions of themselves when maybe they're not interested in doing that growth work, or maybe they don't even understand yet that they need to grow. So just take a look at all of those aspects of being in a relationship before you enter into that familial situation where you feel like you're the black sheep and remember when you are going towards or if you're, you experience anxiety and you're going into a situation where you know it would bring you anxiety you want to remember that you yourself as you're in recovery you're not going to be someone who's just comfortable all of a sudden being in these scenarios so when you Before you enter, take your deep breath, put on that persona or that hat of the person that you're becoming. And as you're in the space, think about your role model. Think about a person that you've known in the past that did well at these events. And then try to model that behavior. That is the faking it till you make it, right? Jay says something the other day that I just thought was so brilliant. He was saying that he was talking to his clients about personas and hats, and one of the stories that he had told or uh, examples he had given was that he's not a very social guy. So he's he's social, but he's not going to go to a party. Meaning, right? He's he's not the kind of we're not the kind of people who like to go club and go to big parties, big events like that. We like to be, you know, chill and and spend sm- time in smaller gatherings. So he was saying that if he wanted to go and connect with more people and be more social and go to a big party event, that he could if he so chose. And the way that he would do that is he would try to embody the persona of someone who is capable of working a room, of being more social. And what he would do is he would recall the behaviors and start to model the behaviors of someone he has seen in the past be successful in that environment. Because he knows that he doesn't do that on an everyday basis. So there's a learning curve that needs to take place. So he doesn't shame himself or avoid the situation or just allow himself to feel overwhelmed with anxiety, even though there may be a little bit there. But he does practice modeling the behavior of someone who is successful in that scenario so that he can feel confident in being able to choose to do things that are comfortable and things that are uncomfortable. So think about that and what persona you can bring to the table and also it will go a long way if you look at the differences between your expectations and the people that are going to be at the table or at the holiday event, their capability. And remember, above all else, people, not just you and I, but all people, really thrive in an environment where there is validation, reassurance, truth and transparency given in love, and unconditional love and acceptance. These things really help others feel safe. I'll say those again validation, reassurance, truth in love and transparency, unconditional love and support. So, this holiday season, as you embark on more family, friends, relationship, and even being alone events, redefine the holidays. Create your own traditions, whether alone or with others. Take off the black sheep hat. Put on that hat of strength. Go into situations with a persona of someone who's successful so you have structure to your behavior. And remember those things that people need, validation and reassurance, the same things that you need, that you are currently seeking for safety, All right. So that's going to conclude the portion about family. Next portion, we're going to talk about roller coasters. Roller coasters. Okay. so oftentimes things that happen in my life can become great content for these episodes. Right. And as you all know, this whole home renovation debacle has been a roller coaster. Ups and downs, and lots of stuff that have been has just been stressful, <laughs> it was very stressful. And I thought that in the midst of this roller coaster, I am just still somehow surviving, thriving. I would say we did really well through all of this, in spite of the, the issues that are happening. There were moments though during it where I thought, my gosh. Like, is this only happening to me? Is there some curse on me? Is there some cloud of rain that's just following me around? And I think I thought back to the times where I was in the throes of my disorder and it was very similar to that thought pattern where I used to think that I was the only person that had problems. I definitely thought I was the only person who had problems and felt as deeply in Pain about the problems that I had. And I think to some degree that was true. I mean, not the only person, but after doing this podcast for so long, I know that I am definitely someone who feels things more deeply than the average person. So when I started having those thoughts, especially when, you know, we would come right to the finish line and then something would happen, like come right to the finish line of the kitchen and then the water heater would explode Or, you know, we get the oven all hooked up and I'm excited to cook and the control board of the oven is broken and it's a lemon. Like those kinds of things I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> is this really happening? This is only happening to us. So it really got me to thinking about life as a roller coaster. Every day, there are going to be things in life that throw you off. There are going to be ups and downs, problems. Everyone has problems. Whether you're born with this genetic predisposition to have a personality dysfunction and have trauma, or whether or not you just have what maybe someone with BPD brain would think of as a quote-unquote almost perfect life, right? There's still ups and downs. There are going to be times where you have a good day and times where you have a bad day. And sometimes if you're in the throes of the disorder trying to, you know, journey your, your uh, walk on your journey to, towards recovery, you're going to have those moments within a given day or hour. The most important thing to do when you're on the roller coaster of life is to maintain a sense of safety within yourself consistency. So if life is a roller coaster, and there are ups and downs, but I remain the same in my identity, and I hold true to my moral compass as best I can, then I can handle the roller coaster much better. There were certain things about this home renovation project that made made it near impossible for me to do the things that keep me calm, quote unquote. One of those things is to Eat healthy most of the time. Not having an oven means we're eating fast food. Also had a realization of why people eat fast food or why it was designed. And it's pretty convenient and awesome to have fast food when you don't have a way to cook. No microwave oven, no oven, no toaster, etc. So, what hap what results from eating fast food for over a month? Well, as I said before. I don't do things like that because the chemicals in food exacerbate the negative thoughts that I have in my mind during my period. So what happens? Well, period hits just this past week and the thoughts start going. So having had all of that, like, uh, I guess, processed foods, right? I don't want to name some of the things on the air, but let's say like meatball sandwiches or, you know, food just eating, eaten out at chain restaurants and things like that. It's, it really was, did a detriment to my body in that I started having thoughts. Jay and I were on the way to pick up fast food actually from a restaurant to bring it up, bring it back to the house. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, what happens if we die in this car? Are just going to die and then our dogs are going to be alone and no one's going to know. And, you know, thoughts like that, that I used to have when I was a young child, I used to have early in recovery, where my brain is start starts to create these narratives, these just worry thoughts and narratives that are not founded in any reality. Because at the time I was having those thoughts, life was really good. Oven was going to be put in, things were going better. Um... Home was getting renovated, I had a great day, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen. Something terrible's going to happen, and this is how, and these are all the ways it's going to happen. So I was on a roller coaster. Emotionally, we're on a roller coaster in life. And what I realized in that moment is I was able to recognize the roller coaster. I said, right when it happened, I was like, Jay, guess what's going on in my head right now? And I'm driving, he's, you know, he's just driving. And I was like, well, I told him, I said, I keep thinking that we're going to die in a car crash and our dogs are going to be alone forever and, 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 and. And he's like, wow, (laughs) all that's going on up there right now, huh? And we were able to laugh about it. And I was able to talk through it because I know that the narrative is not true. And I know that it comes from having inflammation in my body, not taking care of myself, having some stress. So that roller coaster that I was on, in my mind, in my life, didn't impact me negatively. I mean, sure, is it a bummer to have to deal with those narratives after not having them for so long? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it was what I did with it that was key. And I have a moral compass and an identity. I am the same person today as I was yesterday and as I will be tomorrow. I will be the same person. And that is something that I really strive for, is being the same person. So even when the conditions of my life are not perfect, I still behave in the same way. I combated those thoughts by speaking about them and by replacing them with other thoughts. I also created a plan where I will be eating healthy foods and taking care of my body until it comes time for Christmas cookies. <laughs> but but back to that 80-20 seriously rule of choosing nutritious foods, being healthy. And I can do that easily. I don't have to have shame about it. I don't have to beat myself up for it. I don't have to indulge in the thoughts. I can ride the ride of the roller coaster and know that the thing that matters is that I am the same today, yesterday, and I will be the same tomorrow. So I wanted you all, I want you all, excuse me, to start to think about how do you Maintain a sense of stability when you're on a roller coaster of life or the roller coaster that your brain creates during those tougher times. Are you the same person today as you were yesterday? Will you choose tomorrow to be the same person? I think of personality development and successful personality development as you being a rock. A rock is the same. Every day, gray, same consistency, it's hard, looks the same every day. It's, and a rock is also a symbol for stability. So ma- no matter what roller coaster I'm on in life, no matter what's in my brain, no matter what, I, Rose, am the same every day. I've cultivated this sense of safety within myself so that I know if I have really crazy thoughts or intense narratives, that I'm still okay. I'm safe, I'm stable, I'm calm. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get through it. So I wanted to put that out there for you all today so that you can start to understand that everyone in life has a roller coaster that they're on. And if you don't go through adversity, how can you know what you're capable of? So the lows of the roller coaster are important. They're just as important as the highs. Again, if you don't go through adversity, how are you gonna know what you're capable of? Unfortunately, a lot of us disconnect from our capabilities. So we can go through adversity and go, "Oh, I didn't really do that. I don't know how to be brave. I'm scared. I'm scared, and I've never been through anything that's scary, so I should just keep being scared. And unfortunately, we've all had trauma and really hard lives. I mean, being hyperbolic, feeling like your', you know, your emotions burn and hurt your physical body. I mean, that's a scary thing. How many people do you know could tolerate the intensity of emotion that you experience? I mean, I don't know. Not many. I don't even know many that could wrap their mind around it. They try. You know, but then you say, like, well, I can't do this. I can't, you know, write a five-page paper. It's too overwhelming for me. Okay, but you feel things very deeply. You've been through trauma. You've overcome that trauma. What do you mean you can't write a five-page paper? You mean you need help? You have to re-regulate first. Can you be brave? Well, I'm not brave. Well, okay, but you are brave. You're just choosing not to be brave in this moment. And obviously, there are more, there's more to it with fear, but in general, remember to remind yourself that you have overcome adversity in the past so you can remember the ways that you've used courage to get through hard things. And also remember that the goal of recovery, your mission is to be someone who has a stable sense of self. Someone who is the exact same today, same as they were yesterday, and same as they will be tomorrow, a rock. If you know exactly who you are and you're consistent in that, other people will too. And you can go through the roller coaster of life with your eyes focused on the thing that matters. You don't want to set your eyes on your feelings in the moment. You want to set your eyes on your ultimate recovery mission, which is consistency and stability in your personality. And then you want to develop endurance. I looked up the definition of endurance because I wanted you all to know what endurance means. Endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity it's the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity so again endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity so i want you to develop your endurance while you're on the roller coaster of life by setting your eyes instead of your on your feelings in the moment and on self-preservation on becoming So consistent in who you are that you develop safety and stability within yourself. So here are some reflection questions to help you become someone who can develop endurance rather than riding the roller coaster and never being able to get off or feeling so chaotic that you can't get off. Question one, why am I in recovery? What is my mission? Who am I becoming? Question two. Have I been true to my mission? Have I been true to becoming a better version of myself? If not, what do I need to do to refocus my eyes onto the person I am becoming? Question three, am I open to being humble and tender hearted in an area of my life that I don't like? Question three, am I ready, willing, and able to run the race of life with endurance? Awesome. So remember, you do have the ability to withstand hardship and adversity. You have a disability that other people can't see. You feel things more deeply than other people. You have been through trauma. So you have the ability to have endurance. I need you to apply that to this current race. Don't ride that roller coaster of life. Reflect on who you're becoming. Refocus yourself and be willing to be humble and tenderhearted in areas that you don't like so that other people and whoever is helping you as well as yourself can work through that hardship to refocus yourself back on your recovery path all right awesome next segment of this episode is going to be a q and a
1: Uh, hello, uh, my name is Jorge from Mexico. First of all, let me tell you that I, I love your podcast. I have been listening some of your podcasts, and I really love it. Uh, I am married to a person who got uh, borderline syndrome. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, sometimes I need to. Uh, well, my my wife she she seems not to care about what she got. Definitely, it's uh, the white and black thinking, and uh, we, are, we are almost getting divorced because of that. I, I think I, I, I would like to know if one of your chapters talks about how to, uh, how to, to let, let the patient know that he's making a lot of damage. We have a two-year-old kid, and we, me and my boy are suffering really, really bad but dying. So.
0: Hello, thank you so much for submitting your question. It's a very difficult situation to navigate, I'm sure. I would assume that you've already tried to tell her that the behaviors she's engaging in are detrimental to the relationship and perhaps there isn't a change. Unfortunately, one of the things that I've gathered from... Working with individuals with borderline personality disorder and their families and friends, and you know, anyone who has that sort of intense behavior during an episode is that it deeply hurts the people around them. And that was one of the driving forces for me to do this podcast. Is there's a lot of um, talk in the BPD community or in the mental health community in general about like not victim blaming, right? But unfortunately, some of the behaviors that lack empathy that the individual with borderline personality disorder engages in are painful to loved ones, to families, especially to children who are kind of caught up in the episode. So with all of that being said, number one, I will validate that it is very difficult to be in a situation where you're with someone who has episodes who is not yet at the point where they're changing or You know, maybe wanting to change. So what I would suggest that you do in this scenario is seek professional support in the area that you're in if you are able to let the individual know, to let your wife know that she is impacting you and how she's impacting you and how she's impacting your son, your child. If you're not able to do that, you can have a conversation with her without a mediator to let her know all of the ways that her behavior is impacting you and to offer support to her so that she can get the help that she needs. My hope for you here is that she's ready, willing, and able to make the change. Those are the three big things that people need to make change in any domain, really. You have to be ready. You have to be willing. And you have to be able or capable to make the changes that are required of you. If those three conditions aren't met, let's say that you're talking about ability. Maybe she's not quite yet able. She can learn. So it might take a little bit of time for you to help her through that. If she's not ready, she's not willing, and she's not able, and she's not Um, seeking growth or wanting to do anything to change those dysfunctional behavioral patterns. Putting boundaries around her behavior is really important. Like if she acts a certain way, it is okay for you while she's in an episode to take your child and go if you need to do that. And then come back after the episode, obviously, and convey this to her before she is in an episode. Um, If you feel like the relationship is dissolving, transparency is really going to be key. I know that people who are in relationship with people with BPD, excuse me, often walk on eggshells or have a difficult time telling the person the truth because of the way the reaction they will react. In this scenario, It's important to tell the truth, even though you might get an adverse reaction, so that she understands what she's doing and what she's working with and the consequence of her continuing on with the behavior. Sometimes just coming right out and saying that is really important. Seeking support from counselors, clinicians, doctors, family, and friends is also very important. And then waiting. One thing I do caution against is right away leaving an individual who needs to do growth work because you can give them an opportunity to grow if that's something you'd be willing to do, and then work on having your own person to speak with so that you can let go of some of that resentment. And if the person you're in relationship with starts to learn and grow and change, that would be a beautiful thing for your child to see. If that willingness again isn't there, unfortunately, boundaries have to be put in place. Remember, boundaries set the space between where you end and someone else begins. So come up with things that are completely non-negotiable. Any emotional abuse towards your child is not negotiable, for example, or physical abuse towards your child. Those are the things that you really want to focus in on. All right. Well, thank you so much for reaching out and for your question. And we'll see you all next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful okay thanks for listening that was from borderline the beautiful a production of skeeters strength mindset coaching systems we help frustrated individuals resentful couples and disconnected families navigate through tough times visit us on the web at SkeetersStrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocketcast or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, we're going to continue our eating disorder series. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app. Search for From Borderline to Beautiful and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So, if you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful. Hope and help for individuals with BPD.